This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello. This is Claudia. The Babysitter's Club is no longer in existence, but individual members are available at their home numbers. Please leave a message for me at the sound of the beep. Hello. Delayed. N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Here we are, man. Here we are. No, 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 no. Just off the bat, no. You're nervous. The recording has started. You don't know what to say, and so you sing. I feel like you really deflated me. Now the wind is out of my sails. Okay, well. I just thought, I thought people liked it. I've got a thought for you. Yeah. That maybe we'll resolve this problem of the singing. I wouldn't call it a problem, but. Well, this disagreement that we have about the singing. What about we um, just disband? That seems, ext- you mm, you want to stop doing the show? Yeah, we can stop going to meetings. This feels like an extreme reaction to a fairly minor disagreement. We'll still, like, see each other in the cafeteria. We'll be the same? Yeah, I think it'll be the same. People will be disappointed because they'll expect us to be there in their brains on Mondays. Yeah, what about Baby Nation? They count on us. It'll be an opportunity for other podcasters in the neighborhood to get into their brains. Like Koki Mason? I'm sure Koki Mason has a lot to say. She can do her, like, hot takes alt-right podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Something truly hateful. <laughs> <laughs> Something hateful with Koki Mason. Something truly hateful, and I'm your host, Koki Mason. Didn't she have a show on Claudia's uh, radio <laughs> variety hour? Y- yes. Was it about tennis? <laughs> yeah, something I think. Tennis talk with Pete Black and Koki Mason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby Nation, we're not going to disband this podcast. That was um. It was that was, uh, was a reference. Um, reference. It was foreshadowing for this week's episode, which is about Babysitters Club number one hundred. Can you believe it, Jack? We finally made it. We finally made it. Number 100. Episode number one hundred three for uh-huh. no great reason. If we were 101 Dalmatians, yep. We'd be the, the number, number of Dalmatians. episodes would be the number of them, yeah. plus, plus a couple plus extras. Two. <laughs> plus the mom and dad, maybe. Well, it's book number 102. No, book 100. Episode 103. Let's get hung up on the numbers, I think. I, th- what, I think what we're trying to say here is let's get hung up on the numbers. We're, all, we're back. We're reading The Babysitter's Club. Yeah. The girls are back from Hawaii. We definitely read that super special. Super special number 13, Aloha Babysitter's oh, man. Club. What a good one and what a great episode. We read episode. it. We discussed it. We loved it. If you missed that episode, yeah. go back and listen to it. Yeah. Um, but this week we're d- discussing Babysitter's Club number 100, the centennial book. The centennial. And you know what, Tanner? Oh, not really interested. In Anne's happy reading section, mm-hmm. she talks about how... It took her 10 fucking years to do 100 books. You and I, Tanner? Two. We did it in two. Two, Anne. <laughs> Anne? Get off your ass. Yeah. We did it in two years. What it took you and a books. fucking team of ghostwriters. Yeah. It's just the two of years. us. It's just the two of us. We don't get any help. 
No. I mean, so we have had guests. We have help on the mysteries. Yeah. But that's it. Do you think she's counting in that two years? She's counting the mysteries and the super special? No, she said 100 books, 10 years. Yeah. We did it in two. And the gauntlet is thrown. Ball is in your court. And <laughs> Anne also said in her happy reading section that she never expected to reach 100 books. No. She's baffled. Not in her lifetime. If this was a network TV show, it would be in syndication by now. You could show it on TBS. And everybody would be deeply surprised and saddened that uh, it's the end of the Babysitter's Club. Oh, yeah. They ended it. They ended it, this book. Yeah, it was a bummer to me um, because I've grown to care about these young women. It turns out, Baby Nation, 100 books in, that the Babysitter's Club was not Christie's great idea. It was Christie's worst idea. It was Christie's worst idea, and they had to cancel it. They had to cancel it. And they disbanded. But we're going to get into that, Tanner. But first, I feel like we need to introduce ourselves. My and name is Tanner. And this podcast. Allow me to do that. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 A podcast starring me, your host, Jack Shepard. Wow, you've put me in a real pickle this week, huh, Jack? Mm-hmm. How do I how do I wiggle out of this one? I don't need you to be a part of my dependent clause anymore. I did my own full sentence and you can create your own. So, do you want to introduce yourself or not? Uh yep. As you said, Jack, a podcast in which you, Jack <laughs> Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring. <laughs> That's not what I said it, because that would be incoherent. Discuss the novels <laughs> of the classic novels of the Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabel Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last for her kind, and as you will hopefully know by now, the last hope for humankind, Tanner. Jackie. This week we read a book, and boy was it a fucking good one, that was called Christie's Worst Idea. What a fucking ride, Baby Nation. This book was so good. It was so fucking good. It was back to basics. Uh, after a week where we, uh, a couple weeks ago, maligned uh, Sweet Peter Larangis a little bit. Maybe you did. Boy, I actually, you did. Mm, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, you did. And I, I said, love be careful Pete. what you're saying. I love Pete Larangis. I love Pete Larangis, and I would kiss those sweet feet. You, I, you, you would definitely kiss his sweet feet. I would kiss those sweet, sweet feet. I love Pete Larangis, and I would never say anything bad about him. Not after this book. So I don't know what you're you're getting on about. I think he and Anne knew that this was book number one hundred, and they wanted to give us something special to mark the occasion. It reminded me of one of the great Babysitter's Club books, uh, Babysitter's Club number four, Marianne Saves the Day. Mm, in what way? Um, they all fight and it almost ends the club. Oh, yes. That is true. That does happen. It's one of those books. But this is the – I think this is – Well, let's not spoil it. Okay. I, I think that's what we do. I think this podcast is a podcast we spoil. wherein I, Jack Shepard – And I'm Tanner Greenring – it's going to be difficult for people to parse, especially if they're new. Just say, just say, can you just say, and I, Tanner Greenring? Um, nope. Okay. It's a podcast where no, I, I Jack Shepard. No, I can't. And I'm Tanner long, Greenring. And you're Tanner Greenring. And we spoil the Babysitter's Club books. And that's what we do in this podcast. Okay. Well, 
Baby Nation, they break up. The Babysitter's Well, club. don't give it away. Let's describe the books first. <laughs> I, I, I'm failing to quite understand the difference between spoiling and giving away. Think of the podcast as being like a strip tease, right? Mm. You don't want to take off the underpants to get a little bit crass, and I hope you'll bear with me. You don't want to take the uh-huh. underpants off at the mm. beginning of the strip tease. That would be, A, difficult. And B, then you're just standing up there in like some slinky uh, slinky outfit and your genitals are exposed. And that's not sexy. Nobody wants that. There's nothing sexy about that. No, nobody likes that. But if you think about our podcast as a strip tease, what you want to do is you save the underpants. And in in this metaphor, the underpants is the primary plot points of the book. Mm-hmm. You save it for a little later. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's happy. Delayed. Yeah, delayed. Maybe take a sock or two off first. Gratification. Yeah. Maybe did you, you know see what? what I did there, Jack? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Maybe you uh It was a little taste of that some of that delayed. I got what you said. I understood. I got the joke. Maybe you undo the drawstring on your sweatpants first. Gratification. Okay, no, nobody I got your we got your joke the first time. Yeah, but I did it longer that time. Okay. Like, I, I waited longer to say gratification. I delayed okay. your gratification even longer. Okay, good. Well, s- some might not describe that as gratification. I feel like this metaphor has sunken in. Okay. Baby Nation, you get it, right? What yes. we're talking about here is is delayed. I think they do. Um, but we're also going to talk about this book. And so I was thinking that maybe we could describe the novel as a good one. Good book. Tanner, yes. Say yes or no. Hello? Gratification. You didn't know, because you, no, you didn't say delayed. Yes, I did. You weren't paying attention. You were too busy just hammering on with whatever Trying to you fucking were host this fucking show, and you were too yeah. busy trying to do, a, the like, a third run at a joke. <laughs> I would say a third iteration of a bit to uh uh-huh. to really make it stick. Repetition is the the necessity of invention. No. 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 Oh god. Say that back to yourself in your mind what you just said. Here's what I got this week. 1 2 3 4 5 burns. 5 burns. 5 burns. Okay. Two track and jackies. Okay. Three Larangus moments. One tearful moment and I dunk on Stacy for a little while here. Well, don't give it away. You want some delayed... I want to introduce something called the Wardiverse. Gratification. Oh, <laughs> yes, it's good. See? Yeah, it's classic. Um, I thought our connection dropped out. Yeah, that was me doing uh, your joke. A very good joke. It's a classic. And Tanner, now I would like to describe this novel. Okay. Because it sounds like you've got a lot that, that you want to talk about. I would love to hear your description of this novel okay why don't i begin and then uh when i'm finished i'm gonna throw to you as we say in the business let's not delay and put 60 seconds on a big bad clock that i happen to have handy and we'll have you describe the novel as well just so we have what we call coverage any longer okay come on (laughs) i can't let you be the last person to do my signature bit but imagine put yourself in the shoes of a listener who heard your bit the first time when you did it literally five times ago and didn't like it. Imagine if they knew why would they that they were going to have to get through four fucking more of those. Why would they not like it? 
Maybe they don't like delayed. All right. I'm going to describe this book, Tanner, and then we're going to have you describe the book. Okay? Okay. Gratification. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good bit. (laughs) It's good when I do it. Tanner, let me describe this book. I love it when you do it. Yeah, me too. Can you let me describe the novel, please? Yep. Okay. I'm going to begin now. Most businesses are built on a good idea. But the great businesses recognize their foundational idea for what it is. A starting point. Beginning from the revolutionary claim that great business ideas are worthless without great people to make them work, this invaluable guidebook for startups in every field lays out a powerful case that entrepreneurs should pay a lot less attention to their ideas and a lot more attention to the market, the available talent pool, and the potential for ROI. Drawing on the compelling case study of a real-life business called the Babysitter's Club, which crashed and burned after it missed an opportunity to pivot from its initial idea, this important new business book will serve as a wake-up call to founders, investors, and anyone who's ever thought about launching a startup. Christie's Worst Idea Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Christy Thomas. Did she say that? It's just like, it seems like a bad idea to call a business book Christy's worst idea. Well, I don't know if I would, if I'm looking for biz tips to run my small business, I don't know if I'd pick that one up. No, but that's the point, right? Ideas are not capital. That's what the point of this book is. Why don't we focus on the good, though? Why don't we call it Christy's great idea? Because we, we already had that one. This is the sequel. So she's a failure? Think about it as a, it's a franchise, right? The first bestseller in this series is Christy's great idea. It's like how to build your business by focusing on local. By focusing on networks, by focusing on whatever, like leveraging the connections of your community, right? That's her first book. It's a hit. It's two years later. She needs to have a sequel and a follow-up, but she wants to keep the same mojo, the same title construction that made the first one work. And so she comes back with the worst idea. It's like everything they don't teach you at Harvard Business School. Exactly. You're kind of negging them a little bit. Yeah. She's like, all right, you had the idea. That's great. You need the idea to get off the ground. But- what I learned fail fast is that if you stick too hard to your initial idea at the expense of the people who make that idea grow and live, you're destined to fail. And that's what this Ooh, novel was about. Baby Nation, I hope you guys were all ready for some hot biz dev tips this week. Yeah, that was a lot. Because we've got them. Yeah. Fail fast. Stay experimental. Yeah, leverage your fucking network. If you're not leveraging your network, I honestly just, I don't want you listening to this podcast. Yeah. Honestly. You're not, you're, you're not invited to listen to this podcast if you're not leveraging your network. Get, yeah, get you're, out you're just sitting there chewing on your embarrassment. pineapple pizza in Cleveland and failing to leverage your fucking network. Get out of here. Come on. We're not interested in having you as a listener. <laughs> We are. Please keep listening to the show. Yeah, please keep listening. We love you and we kiss you. Um, Tanner, what about... Oh, boy. I bet you want me to describe the book now, right? Yeah. Well, I shan't. What do you mean? Yes, you... I shan't. Yes, you shall. (laughs) Don't say it like that. And also, yes, you shall. (laughs) I shan't. (laughs) I shan't describe the book this week, Jack. It's (laughs) book number 100. It's episode number 10-something. Three. And we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. Okay. 
You're not going to tell the Baby Nation what happened in this fucking novel. We've just no. been babbling about leveraging our networks and doing You've been, uh, yeah. delayed. We've all been living under the yoke of oppression for 100 books now. Gratification like, you jokes. You always come in and you, you tell us, <laughs> fuck, God, you actually got me that time and I hated it. Oh, that time I didn't see it coming and I hated it when you actually did it. Oh. You have been telling us what to do week after week for 103 weeks now. Yeah. You come in, you tell us, now it's your now you have to do this every week. Right. You got to come on come in on time and do this and write in the notebook and do the recap. And it's like, what's the point? The point is that that's what we do. No, the- I'm a busy man. I got classwork to do. I've got soccer practice. I've got ballet i've got this like cool thing i'm doing at the library where i'm learning about youth fiction i don't have time man okay well what do you want to do man you want to disband do you think that's the best option i mean like i'm not opposed to it i guess well let's should we have a vote yeah let's have a vote okay all in favor of disbanding the podcast again for a second time during this recording raise your hand hi no raise your hand well it's an audio medium okay i and also, I'm the president of the show, so I feel like I get the deciding vote. Well, I'm the vice president because I have the phone in my room here. Oh, yeah, that's true. So well, I feel like we're at a fucking impasse. How about I just, this week we'll do it, and then from now on, it'll be a case-by-case basis every week. Hey, Tanner, how about you describe this fucking novel? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have here. I'm ready. Uh, during those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this excellent novel, Christie's Worst Idea. I would like for you to begin now. The babysitters all have new obligations because they're all growing up and they're all taking on new things and they can no longer make regular meetings and one by one they all decide like, oh, we need, like, we're all busy on Fridays, so let's move the meeting to Thursday and then they're like, oh, we're all busy on Wednesday, so let's meet it to, move it to Tuesday and then Christy's like, well, this is all getting to be too much. You've all lost your commitment to the Babysitter's Club. Let's fucking disband. And Christy and... Marianne and Claudia are fighting for some reason over some dumb little squabble and like not just like fighting but like they hate one another now so like it's all stacked against them and Christy's like well this all sucks I hate the club now let's stop doing it and they all agree and then it's a mess because none of the parents and kids of Stony Brook can figure out where any of them are or get in touch with any of them and they all begin to miss one another and they um, decide to get back together at the end of the book, provisionally. Ah, fuck, there's a B-plot. What is it? What's the B-plot, man? You're on a roll. Well, the B-plot is sort of the Claudia Marianne fight, but also the B-plot is Stony Brook's descent into chaos. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Without the Babysitter's Club, because like all of a sudden, all the like riffraff of Stony Brook has their like <laughs> moment in the sun. This book is post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. This book has been this book is a fucking bloodbath. Like numerous children get permanently maimed. Yeah. And the children who are not like grievously injured are all obsessed with death and destruction. Like the DeWitt children. Oh my god. You want me to read a quote from Madeline DeWitt from this book that fucking yeah. chilled me to the bone? This is a moment where Marianne and Claudia go to babysit the DeWitts. Right. 
This is the beginning of all the issues. It's the beginning of all the problems. And the DeWitts are expecting Jesse, but they get Marianne and Claudia. Desi! Desi! cried two-year-old Marnie as she charged into the front room. When she saw Marianne and Claudia, her face fell. No, Desi? Translation, thank God. Yeah. Jesse. What could that mean? Yeah. Translation, Jesse. Four-year-old Madeline DeWitt stomped in, all pouty looking. That's not Jesse, you silly face. Where is... <laughs> Excuse me? I just like... I like this four-year-old coming in, all business. <laughs> um, that's not Jesse, you silly face. You silly face. Where is Jesse? Marnie asked. Madeline glared at her. Jesse's dead. Madeline? Marianne blurted out. Jesse's dead. Miss Raymond is dead. My whole school is dead. I'm dead. Madeline shouted, stalking away. Marnie's lips were quivering. Her face was turning bright red. She let out, as did I at this point, Tanner. Yeah. A high-pitched wail. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. It's scary. It's scary what these kids all go through. Well, and there's all this stuff in this book that is about the fall, right? Mm, yes. The fall of Lucifer, or? It's post-apocalyptic. It's supposed to signify like a post-lapsarian scenario, like a after the fall. Like there's all this Apple imagery and the initial idea that Christie has that turns into the Christie's worst idea, which we can now spoil for you because we're at that point in the strip tease, which is to disband the club, is what she calls the fall into fall festival block party. Mm, right, right, right. Yes, and her yes, first, yes. her idea for the descent, the fall party is to do apple picking. And they're like, well, there aren't any apple trees. And so she, she like makes the whole babysitters club go around hanging apples from strings uh, on string from trees in the neighborhood. Um, right. And then they all sort of pluck the apples from the tree. So the, this, this book is resonant with imagery from, uh, um, from Genesis, right? About the fall. Um, and then it's later, as we have just described, full of the chaos that happens when you are in a fallen state. Yeah, this is the this is the thousand years of, of torment before Christ's return. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and also just so, so, so fucking sad. The book. The book, What's man. sad? Oh, the book no, is No, it's, it's not sad. It, it ends on a, a positive note. Every single babysitter, except for Stacy, fuck Stacy, wants to get the group back together. Oh, yeah. Stacy doesn't really, she has mixed feelings about it, doesn't she? She's not into it. She doesn't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> Baby Nation, if you ever needed any indication that Stacy was bad, she's not into the babysitter's club. She doesn't want to get back together. Yeah. She just wants to keep shopping. And her reason for grudgingly going along with the uh, – at the end, they provisionally decide to try going back to meetings on a provisional basis to see if there's anything that's worth saving from this club. Uh, And Stacy reluctantly goes along with it because she's like – she didn't have enough money because she didn't have enough babysitting jobs to buy um, shit at a Bel Air's sale. Right. So everybody out there whose favorite babysitter is Stacy, that's who you signed up for. Yeah, that's your hero. That's what she's in it for. She wants to buy out the fucking Bel Air's. There goes your hero.
There does go your hero. Watch her as she goes. Okay, that's it, Jack. I know you said no singing, but I just needed to get... I did say no singing. I just needed a little taste. I yeah, just well, needed a little bump. Okay, well, just I a didn't, bump. I didn't want that, but it's happened. Um, how about this, Tanner? How about this? How about a little segment to drive home to our listeners, to those of our listeners who remain? Just how difficult this breakup is. Okay. This breakup of our beloved club. It is a segment, Tanner, that I like to call the... Fuck you. Let's go grab a beer and go to the bathroom. I was just literally just ramping up into a segment. I know. I wanted to give you some delayed... No. Hello? Fuck! Tanner, sorry, I was delayed in getting back to you. We had what those of us in the industry call a poop explosion. Gratification. (laughs) I don't love that you made me come back with the gratification after a story about your poop. It was the child. Tearful moment. That you did that. You made that happen. Um, I had one. Okay, well, but we the reason we're doing it is because I wanted to set the scene for the baby nation. This was a sad and difficult book. It's about these fucking relationships falling apart. Yeah. Let me read you mine. Okay. My heart felt as if it were being excuse me what's that do what you i felt felt like i heard something that you were saying while i was trying to talk do you want to nope. tell the whole class or i didn't say anything okay i don't know what you heard okay my heart felt as if see now but i heard now i just heard it again and it seems like you're just singing what it seems like you were singing while i was trying to say you're picking something. it up from my side are you sure it's not yeah someone, it's coming from there? your side no it's not from here I don't think it's coming from my side. Okay. All right. Da, 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 da. Well, okay, there it is again, and it's definitely you. It sounds like your voice. I don't think it's, it's me. Well. Should we just wait for a second and see if it comes up again? Okay. Da, da. Yep, there it is. I'm not hearing it. Okay, all right. I'm going to just, can I just do the thing? Because this yeah. is actually a very sad moment that I want to kind of set the scene for the baby nation and get them in the mood. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My heart felt as if it were being hit with a hammer. The BSC, my BSC, the center of my life, was about to come to an end. A voice inside was screaming to stop this nonsense, say it was all a joke. But I knew this was the right thing to do. I took two long, deep breaths. All in favor of disbanding the Babysitter's Club Raise your hands. Not one hand went up. Then, shakily, Claudia raised hers. Stacy's followed. Then Abby's and Shannon's. I swallowed hard. I shot mine in the air. Logan followed. Marianne burst into tears as she put hers up. Jesse and Mallory were crying, too. Both of their arms were folded tightly against their chests. I... The words caught in my throat. I... 
Christy Thomas hereby declare that the Babysitter's Club no longer exists. As soon as the words left my mouth, I wanted to pass out. But I didn't. I just looked from one pair of teary eyes to the next. Nobody seemed to know what to say, except Claudia. She blew her nose and then leaned over to her answering machine and pressed the record button. Hello. This is Claudia, she said softly. The Babysitter's Club is no longer in existence, but individual members are available at their home numbers. Please leave a message for me at the sound of the beep. That's my tearful moment, Tanner. Very sad. It's the the disbanding of... Da, da, da. The What's, see, now, Club. it's definitely you because you paused to... What are you doing? What are you doing? You want to just tell us? I know. I don't. I can't. I can't hear what you're hearing. I'm not picking it up on my end. You're doing this like. Yeah. I don't. That's the thing. What you just said. I don't think I said it. Yeah, I think you did. I think it's clear that you did. Do you want to just tell? Once upon a time, a few oh. chapters ago, I was in your sights, reading all alone. I found Pete. I found Pete. I found Pete, Pete, Pete. I knew that it was him, and I guess I liked that. And when I read his burns, I took a step back. I found Pete. <laughs> I found Pete. I found Pete. E e e. And we're nipple deep when we're in the sea. And I realized this book is by Pete. Yeah, because I knew you were Pete when I read it. <laughs> this Lorangeous moment flew me to places I'd never been. Till I put the book down. Oh, I knew you were Pete when I read it. This Lorangeous moment flew me to places I'd never been. Now I'm swimming in a sea of Pete. <laughs> sweet Pete, sweet Pete, sweet Pete. Oh, oh. Sweet Pete, sweet Pete, sweet Pete. Whatever wonderful person sent in that Lorangeous moment definitely set you up to sing basically the entirety of I Knew You Were Trouble When You Walked In. That was sent in by Baby B, Jamie Greenring, uh, my wife. <laughs> Your literal wife. She was like, I know my husband likes to sing. <laughs> and surprise, Jack. Yeah, what? My tearful moment is also my Lorangeous moment. Well, that's great. And thanks for interrupting my heartfelt tearful moment with your fucking literal nepotism. Tanner. It is literal nepotism because there's a million Larangus moment tunes that were first and foremost in line before Jamie's. But. Yeah, Baby Nation, uh, we're, we're a democracy here, and if you want to send in a Larangus moment theme song for our hit segment, Larangus Moment, uh, Get in line. all you need to do is just send it in. We look at all of them. Uh, a few tips for how to get one that we'll definitely we'll do on the show. Um, you know, try to write some funny lyrics that are related to what we do and some of the in jokes of the show uh that's one tip another one is like pick a really great song that's like fun to sing that everyone will recognize and then also i guess like be married to tanner yep if you you marry tanner 
Yeah. That'll get you right to the front of the fucking queue. Three quick and easy steps to get on the show, Baby Nation. Yeah. So here's mine. It requires a little context. Do you want me to explain what the Larangis moment is? It's a moment where we knew that this book must have been written by sweet Pete Larangis. All right. Now let's hear your context. They're all in the hospital visiting yeah. Jackie Radowski. <laughs> Don't worry, Baby Nation. We'll get to it. <laughs> He's hurt himself for the second time in this book. He has a concussed head. And all of the Babysitter's Club, for the first time in this entire book, in all 160 of 200 pages of this book, are together again. All seven of them in one room, brought together by the concussed Jackie Radowski. Okay. Jackie was on the bed, propped almost upright, clutching an enormous stuffed bear. His mom, dad, Shay, and Archie sat on the other side of the bed, looking worried. Hi, Jackie, I called out. Christy! Jackie turned and tried to climb out of his bed. Nine pairs of arms reached out to prevent another accident. Adverb, Shay called out, <laughs> reading from a Mad Libs booklet. <laughs> What's an adverb, Archie asked. Shay sighed warily. It's a verb from an advertisement, like brush teeth or eat Wheaties. <laughs> While a bunch of grammar volunteers tried to set Shay straight, I knelt down near Jackie. I know I'm like this big klutz and all, Jackie said, but I can be better. Sometimes I do dumb stuff just to be funny and... Jackie, you can't blame yourself for everything, I said. I'm mad that you weren't wearing your helmet, but I'm much more happy that you're well. And that time you fell out of the tree, it had nothing to do with the BSC breakup. Zero, Abby agreed. Zilch, Claudia added. Nada, Jesse said. Pronoun, Shay called out. <laughs> we really love you, Jackie, I said. Exactly the way you are, bruises and all. So that was our first ever combination. Tearful moment. Tearful moment, Larangis moment. Larangis moment. I'm in the tearful moment. I'm in the Larangis moment. I'm in the combination tearful moment, Larangis moment. Oh, fun. You're doing that, like, fun meme song from, like, 2006. Yeah, right? Combination Pizza Hut Taco Bell. Got it. <laughs> I got it. I'm I'm uh, 100% of the audience for that <laughs> joke who understood it. This has been your meme of the week. <laughs> I like turtles. Jackie, I did my Larangis moment. I've yeah. honestly got about six more, but I yeah. want to hear one from you. All right, I've got a bunch. Larangis was on this week oh my god he was on fire i was swimming in a sweet sea of pete this week oh man i was kissing sweet pete's sweet sweet feet this week nipple deep and kissing sweet pete feet this week um, <laughs> the one that i want to focus on is the following moment that can only have been written by the great sweet peter larangis fall into fall was going to be a quadruple triumph Great for club morale, great for BSC public relations, great for the neighborhood kids, and a perfect way to publicize our schedule change. It's, Jesse said, it's, Mallory echoed, insane. Claudia finished. That's what they said about Picasso's theory of relativism, I said. You mean Einstein, Jesse said? Well, Picasso's theory of Einstein, I corrected myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so good. Pete is such a good writer. He's so fucking good. He genuinely makes me laugh. Oh, Pete, I know you're listening, and I am so sorry that Tanner maligned you and your work and your fucking craft two that episodes That doesn't sound ago. like something I would do, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry someone on the show did that. You recoiled from Sweet Pete's Sweet Feet last week, <laughs> and boy, do you have egg on your face. Um, Can I bring up the Wardiverse while we're talking about the Lorangus moment? I would love for you to bring up the Wardiverse. Uh, explain what the fuck that is for the Baby Nation, please. I mean, I think it just it's goes to Pete's credit that he's yeah. able to weave such a, a rich tapestry and create these worlds upon worlds within these books. Yeah, it's what he does so well. And we've talked about this before because he has these deep character Bibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and narrative Bibles and world building backgrounds to these novels where it's like page upon page that he must have written to create these universes and backdrops against which he paints his tableau for us. Right. But now I think like in, in a very like Tolkien-esque move, he's sort of yeah. created this whole race with yeah. their own sort of like a rich culture and rich traditions and almost a magic system too. Yeah. I'll read the passage. Yeah. This is in the chapter two where they're setting up all the characters. Christy is discussing Marianne. When I'd finally staggered downstairs on Sunday morning, I'd found three messages from Marianne on the answering machine. Message one was a cheerful, call me when you're home. Message two sounded a little more concerned. By message three, I could tell she was fighting back tears. Thinking we were kidnapped, imagining we'd decided to move to Hawaii. Actually, that wasn't such a bad idea. Marianne is a real worry wart. Not to mention a shyness wart and politeness wart. <laughs> the teensiest thing can make her cry, too. Movies, books, you name it. So she's a cry wart as well, though Pete doesn't explicitly say that. No, implied, though. So sh- Marianne is a worry wart, a shyness yeah. wart. And a politeness wart. Yeah. Whereas, like, Christy, and then the next paragraph goes on to say, As you may have guessed, I have a forceful personality. My friends say I'm bossy and stubborn, but I don't listen to them. So she's a bossy wart. She's a forceful wart, a bossy wart, and a stubborn wart. Yeah, and it's a brilliant magic system. It's like these basic character traits that certain people have within the Wardiverse. You know what it reminds me of is the Spren Okay, from yeah. uh, from the Stormlight Archive. Yeah, from the Stormlight Archive. Okay, and this good. is this is a bit of a deep dive, but mm-hmm. for those of you who have read the Stormlight Archive, you're like, yeah, you're going nuts right now. Wait, what's that? Hang on, do you hear that? No, I thought I heard. Tell me, I I could be crazy, but I thought I heard the sound of like eighty percent of our listeners just dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> There's crossover, Jack. <laughs> anyway, there are um, four 1,200-page fantasy novels. <laughs> that have a deeply evolved magic system. Tanner, I would, I would describe... I would say that you were maybe a jerk wart. Uh, I would say I'm a um, laid-back wart, charm wart. A charm wart. Okay. And I would say you're a pedant wart, mm. um, insufferable wart. Brilliant wart? Is that a thing? Is that what in the world? Yeah, no. I think that kind of comes hand in hand with being a, a pedant wart. Okay. Fun wart? I would say me. 
No, the, for for Uncle Jacko. Oh no, absolutely not. Okay. Um, I would say I'm a fun wart. Okay. Party wart. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple, baby nation. We know why you like this show. It's because it's a couple party warts. <laughs> That's us. Two party warts. Just two party warts. Anyway, the word of verse. Yeah, I'm sure Pete has. Oh my god, four twelve hundred page novels just about the Wardiverse. If I could get my hands on even just a chapter from Pete Larangis's Wardiverse Chronicles, I would be a rich man. Yeah, it'd be like getting Tolkien's unpublished diaries. Oh know? my god, like, there's a whole world there. We would both be money warts if we had that <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, Jack. We have promised it. Yeah. Several times in this episode. We've teased it. It's going to happen. It's been a long time coming. That's not our fault. That's Anne's fault. But here it is. Baby Nation, the long-awaited next installment of our hit segment entitled... We have to go back, Kate. Track Track and Jackie. Jackie. We have to go back! Baby Nation, this was a Jackie-heavy book. Woo! Jackie Wadowski. Sweet Pete reached deep this week. Into his Pete well. Into his Pete well. And he brought back fan favorite... Jackie. Wadowski. Baby Nation, Jackie has been in these books and adjacent to these books for dozens of books now. Yeah. But he has seemingly lost his ability to blip through time, which we should explain in case there's any new baby bees who didn't start at the beginning. Baby Nation, if you haven't been listening along, and you can be forgiven for not listening along, but not by us. Jackie Wydowski is a walking disaster. He is incredibly accident prone. And what we have discovered through deep reading of these texts is that When he has an accident, it's not actually an accident in the way you or I would see one. He is blipping in and out of this temporal plane. And when he blips out of time, he lives an entire lifetime in an alternate universe that is influenced by the last thing that happened to him on this particular plane before he blips back into a moment later in time causing the accident that we read about in the book. And so this week, uh, we had a, a, a pretty severe Jackie Radowski accident. Um, so Tanner, I'm hoping that you can give us a little bit of a behind the scenes of what actually happened in the Jackie-verse. I will do that now, Jack. Okay. I turned to see Jackie sitting in the fork of the old Radowski oak tree, about four feet off the ground, I don't want you climbing any higher. It's too dangerous. But I want to. I thought fast. Jackie, is it that you don't know how to climb down? I can help you. That did it. Down he came. Blip. The year is 5 million BC. Australopithecus sediba, the first primate to leave the trees sits in the crook of a tree looking down at the hard earth below. He just knows he doesn't belong in this tree. He belongs on that hard-packed earth. Jackie Radowski, more ape than man, tentatively reaches out his foot and touches it gingerly on the earth. He's not expecting to 
stand upright immediately, of course, but this feels right. It feels like he belongs on the earth. For millennia, his kind have stuck to the trees, away from the predators, away from harm, but the world is new now. The ice caps are receding, and food is scarce in the treetops. But down here on the earth, the flora and fauna is plentiful. Jackie Rudowski, compelled by animal instinct, begins to move along the forest floor. Archie took an imaginary shopping cart and started loading it up. I heard Jackie's voice above me. Hey, Christy, I'm clowning on the roof. I looked up, shielding my eyes from the sun. Jackie grinned at me from behind the screen of a second-story window. Fooled you! (laughs) Not funny, I said. Archie jumped up and down, clapping his hands. Do it! You stay out of this, I said. Archie sighed. As Archie and I bagged his purchases, I kept glancing up at the bedroom window. Archie parked his car near the garden hose and climbed out. An acorn bounced off his car. Hey, he looked around, startled. Just a squirrel, I reassured him. And then another acorn bopped me on the head. Blip. Jackie tentatively made his way along the forest floor. He hears something fall to his left and he looks. Just an acorn. Must be a squirrel. I heard giggling overhead. I looked up. Through the leafy branches of the maple tree, I could see Jackie. He was hanging onto the branch, at least the height of a basketball rim. Jackie, what are you doing up there? I yelled. Look, he cried out, waving his arms crazily. I can hang on with just my legs. His right arm clipped a small branch overhead. His body lurched off balance. His smile vanished. (gasps) Jackie, no! He fell forward, lunging with his arms. His palms slapped against the branch next to him. For a moment, he balanced himself, stretched between two branches. His face was frozen with fright. Then his fingers began to slip. Blip. Jackie Rudowski, this primitive ape being, his brain too small to comprehend what's happening to him, looks around, and there behind him, stalking him, are the fierce fangs of a saber-toothed tiger. He leaps. He grabs for the lowest branch he can and grasps onto it. He's holding on with just his legs now, but his grip slips and he falls. He manages to grab onto another branch just above the forest floor, but the branch gives way. Blip. He hit the ground with a thud. I dropped onto my knees by Jackie's side. Are you all right? All I could hear was Archie wailing at the top of his lungs. Jackie was silent. His eyes were open, but he didn't seem to notice me. I leaned over him. Jackie? He sat up suddenly, looking disoriented. Then his face crumpled, and he burst into hysterical tears. Relief washed over me. Jackie was conscious. One Jackie is with us, conscious and with a bruised ankle, but another Jackie lost to the maw of the fierce saber-toothed tiger. Millennia ago so that we might evolve. And to add to the tragedy of this, later on, Jackie blames himself for the dissolution of the BSC. Yeah. And sends Christy the following note. And it's like, knowing now what we know about what he went through, what he lived, the life that he lived, this is just so much more fucking poignant. This is a note that Jackie hands to Christy in the hospital. Oh. It's rife with misspellings. Oh, but it's still beautiful. But I'm going to look past that. 
Dear Christy, I didn't mean to fall out of the tree. I was only kidding. And I learned my lesson, so I'll never do it again. Tell all the babysitters what I said, okay? Maybe they won't be mad either, so they can be a club again. From your friend, Wacky Jackie. (laughs) I like Wacky Jackie. I like Wacky Jackie, but that is so poignant. He lived a fucking lifetime. Like, this fucking Australopithecus was probably trying to get back to his wife and family. Fell out of a tree. No, he was trying to forge a new path for his wife and family. He was evolving. He's trying to forge a new path for the entire species. This is what happens when you leave the trees, Baby Nation. Uh, And don't. Baby Nation, those of you who are still, and and I don't know what percentage of our audience is, because like iTunes is still not great about um, publishing demographic data. Yeah. So I don't know, honestly. We're assuming that a good percentage of you... Still live in the trees. Are Austro... Lepithicus. Australopithecus. Yeah. So iTunes, if you're listening, the, can you do a little bit of a better job of publishing demographic data? Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, whatever percentage of you listeners who are still living in the trees, do not come Just out. stay up there. Stay up there. It's bad down here. Stay in the trees. It's bad on the ground. It's bad. Jack, Yeah. much like Australopithecus... We okay. have two evolutionary paths ahead of us that we can go down. Yep. One is the tried and true, mm-hmm. our final delicious segment of the night. Mm-hmm. The other is a deep and complex exploration about whether or not Abby is bad and the ultimate doom bringer to the Babysitter's Club. Interesting. Is it one or the other? Um, At this point, an hour in? Yeah. Kind of. Okay, I want to do the Abby thing. <laughs> okay, well, let's very, very quickly bang the other one out first. Okay, fine. <gasps> I know you have so many, because oh. I know I have so many, and you're just going to have to pick one and hit it so fast. Because we really need to explore whether or not Abby is the truest and most successful Lightbringer, King of Demons. Okay, Tanner, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the burns that I have, and you'll just pick one. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. I've got a burn on Christie's Gift. I've got a burn on Abby. I've got a burn on the We Heart Kids Club. I've got a burn on Christie's Face. I've got a burn on Cokie Mason. And I've got a burn by Cokie Mason on Christie. I've heard enough. Which do you choose? I want you to start with the burn on Christy's face, because that was also my burn, and then I want you to do the burn on Abby, which will lead us into our discussion about whether or not Abby is the destruction of the Babysitter's Club. All right. Here's the burn on Christy's face, Tanner and Baby Nation. Sam was right. In his own horrible way, without the BSC, I would be spending more time with my family. My life was going to be simpler now, school and home, with babysitting as a sideline, a hobby, Not an obsession. I could get to like this. Why are you giving us that goony smile? Charlie grumbled. She wants to make us barf with her ugly face so she can eat the rest of the bacon, (laughs) David Michael replied. (laughs) It's a really good burn. (laughs) It's so pure. It's like a very pure burn. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That was my burn as well, and I loved it very much. Um, Tell me your burn on Abby now. 
Here's a burn on Abby. Abby's great. She's the most gung-ho athlete in the BSC besides me, despite the fact it takes her an hour to arm wrestle her thick curly hair into a ponytail whenever she plays sports. Really, you have to see her do that. She turns it into a comedy act. In fact, she turns a lot of things into a comedy act, including the BSC presidency, I guess. (laughs) If you ever meet her, don't be surprised if she sounds as if she has a cold. She's allergic to a thousand different things. On top of that, she's an asthmatic and always carries inhalers with her. Her attacks are scary but controllable. She likes to remind everyone that Teddy Roosevelt had asthma. He, however, was a much better president. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt may have been a better president. Yeah. Jack? Mm Mm-hmm. But there is no better foil for Christy and the Babysitter's Club than Abby Stevenson. I think Abby might be bad. I think she might be. We speculate a lot. Baby Nation. Oh, God. There's a number of factions at work in Stony Brook. Their motivations are unclear, but some of them are clearly attempting to disrupt and disband the Babysitter's Club. Yes. One of those factions is the Demons, and among the ranks of the Demons are, we suspect, Logan Bruno, the Lightbringer, and Hangdoggy. Brewster. Robert Hangdoggy Brewdoggy Brewster. Both of whom failed in their mission to destabilize and destroy the Babysitter's Club. But guess what happened this fucking week, Baby Nation? Someone was finally successful. And that person was Abby Stevenson. You're not wrong. Bat Mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Anne's greatest fear. She came in and she sowed the seed of discontent within the babysitter's club during this meeting everyone's talking about their obligations outside of the club and how they couldn't make it to meetings and abby was there just like pushing them along very subtly she does this thing where like there's a tension which in the pre-abby days would have just been glossed over and they would have rolled their eyes abby does a joke like her tight 20 yeah that pushes it further past the edge. And Baby Nation, this is why Jack and I have started shying. We know we introduced this new segment called Abby's Tide 20, but we've been shying away from it recently yeah. because we're we're worried that it's destructive. It's destructive of this club, which is all we have. It's all any of us have. I unclench my jaw. I'll take the Corman job too. But what about the recital, Abby asked. I have my priorities, I shot back. Unlike some people I know, Abby glared at me. Oh, white, Christy, like I shouldn't go to my Ob sister's concert. I wasn't talking about you, I said. No, she was just dumping on the rest of us, Stacy said. I love the use of dumping there. Um, excuse me, Christy, Claudia said. We know you're mad at yourself for messing up at the Radowskis, but don't take it out on the rest of us. This has nothing to do with the Radowskis, I shouted. This has to do with all of you. What are we here for, guys? To sit around? To do homework? To talk about all of our great activities? Sounds like fud to me, Abby remarked. Lots of fud, Abby, I said. So who needs meeting times and rules and stuff? Why not just hang out any old time? And skip the sitting part. That just gets in the way of all the fud. I mean... No one has time to sit anymore. I mean, we might as well just split off by myself. I'll be I'll be Christie's sitting service. That's what we're turning into anyway. All eyes were on me, wide and stunned. Whoa, easy, Christie. 
Logan said. <laughs> this is the this is the beginning of the end. And it's all sort of spurred along by Abby's jokes. She's a gream of worm tongue here. Yeah. She just nudges it along. Yeah. Look, I'm a I'm a big Abby fan. Don't say I'm not. She's funny. She's a step faster than everybody else. Right. But She's an instigator. Throughout this book, the reason that Christy's on edge in the first place, and don't come after my Christy, man. Don't come after my Christy. Look, I know she's being overbearing in this book, and I know that the point of this book is in some ways it's supposed to be that like Christy has to learn to be less overbearing. But if you look deeply at the context of what happens in this novel, the reason Christy's on edge in the first place is because Abby became president. Right, during the Mexican festival Hawaii debacle and completely rearranged how the club was supposed to be and then Chrissy comes back and tries to pick up the pieces right and every time she's like let's try to focus on our business Abby makes some joke that is admittedly hilarious oh very good joke she's really good at jokes but it throws off the fucking balance yeah. So this is something that Christy says right at the beginning of the book. She says the following, and I wrote this down. I I noted this enough to write it down. The Babysitter's Club is all about balance, keeping fun and business in the right proportions. That is so true. Yeah. That is such a good description of what this club is. It's true of our podcast. Oh, you think so? Keeping fun and business in the right proportions, right? You do the business, I do the fun. Well, no, I was going to say that I do the fun and you do the business. Do you think so? You think you're the fun one? Yeah. And I'm all... in. So, conversely, you think I'm all business. No. Yeah. So, do you see the issue? Yeah. No, I think I do fun and business. And I do... Yeah, it's difficult to say why you're here. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I would say that- you do biz, I do fun, and we f- strike this sort of even keel. Let's agree to disagree, but let's say that it is definitely the case that we have balance, which is why we're able to continue. Yeah. Ab- what Abby does is upset that balance. Right. That's what she's here for. And she does it. She She dismantles this club. Yeah, and she does it better than Brewdoggy or Logan or anybody could ever have hoped. Or Cokie Mason. Cokie Mason is a fucking amateur compared with what Abby does. But here's the thing, Jack. I think she's perverse because she dismantles it, but then she's also kind of the catalyst for bringing it back together again. Right. At the end of the book, she's the one who says, no, Christy, we have to, like, we have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back. That's Abby. She's perverse. She's not content with dismantling the Babysitter's Club. She wants to bring it back together again, I assume, just so she can destroy it once again. Oh, my God. I think we have to keep an eye out for her, man. Now I'm worried about Abby. I loved Abby. Well, we're in the lead up. The club is teetering on the brink we have no idea who lights fire to marianne's house but yeah. now i have a key suspect yeah and it's not hang doggy and it's not logan baby nation keep an eye on abby jackie yes let's get the fuck out of here i would like that very very much indeed tanner jackie thank you for being here thank you for having me thank you for being a friend thank you for being my friend thank you for being my friend Baby Nation, thank you for listening. We love you and we kiss you. 
Please, if you haven't already, take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I shan't be reading them, but Jack will. I shall. And now, if Tanner ever took his cues, he would say to you, please also recommend this podcast to a friend. That's what you would say, right, if you took your cues? Is that right? Tanner? Is that what you would say? Gratification. <laughs> there's, <laughs> it's good, but I don't think there's a delay to set it up. Is there? I'll go and I'll go and insert one somewhere. Why don't you say delay real big right now? I'll put it right. Delayed. Up <laughs> say it real big. I'll put it right up at the top of the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, please recommend this podcast to a friend. Tanner, this week we read a book that was called Christie's Worst Idea. Next week we're going to be reading a little book called Claudia Kishi, Middle School Dropout. Yes. Oh, and next week, if all goes according to plan, we're going to be reading that book together. Face Viva to Voce. Face. face to face. Viva Voce. Yeah. Living face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So that'll be fun. I hope Claudia doesn't drop out of middle school, but it sounds like that's what's going to happen. I hope she does. All right. Well, look. Abby's world of chaos continues. Chaos and destruction. Baby Nation. This week, I have been Jack Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greenring. And have been Tanner Greenring this week. Baby Nation, do us a favor. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Jack, am I being detained? Uh, nope. Good, because I'm a sovereign citizen and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go because I'm free to go. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Here's a quote from this novel, Tanner, that reminded me of you and me. Mm -hmm. As Christy says, that's what separates Abby from me. She's a natural athlete. I'm a sports person. The difference? Dedication and discipline. I mean, that's not even a joke. That's that's like literally absolutely the difference between (laughs) you and me. (laughs) (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast.